old school, unfortunately. So I do have notes, just in case. Um, but thank you, Christian Revolution, for having me come in. I didn't even know who you guys were before Claudine called me up and asked me to come to speak. She saw me in Boston a few weeks ago um, speaking at the State House there. And I'm going to warn you, I'm Puerto Rican, so I'm a little fiery. And uh, you have to step out because I get too loud. I understand. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. It's a free country, so you can do that. All right. It's interesting how um, you bring up playing offense and um, just going, just when I was praying about what I was going to speak this, this today, or I was praying about it this week, I wrote a talk out a year ago and I said, God, what do you want me to do with this? I don't have anywhere to, to, to say. I don't, I don't have anywhere to talk about this. And today is the day that you guys get the tree. Today is the day. So I'm no stranger to be an outcast. Okay. So this is kind of a fitting time for me. When I was 11 years old, I remember going to CCD class because I was raised Catholic. I remember going to CCD and asking my teacher, why do we have to, why do we have to confess to a priest? Is that in the Bible? And she would be like, I don't know. And I'd be like, oh, that was on earth. When I was 14 years old, I lived in Puerto Rico. I was born here and then I moved over there. I asked my mom, why do I need algebra? You guys use that? Well, I don't know. I'm like, oh, I'm not listening to you either because obviously you guys don't know why we're doing what we're doing. And I always felt like the Holy Spirit always kind of followed me and said, ask questions, ask questions, ask questions. And that made me a problematic teenager. It made me a problematic girl. And especially in a Puerto Rican and a Hispanic household, I know I'm the token Hispanic here right now, but that's okay. It's all good. Oh, okay. Okay. We got you. That's my, that's my dad over there. <laughs> in a household where you question everything, they take it as that you're questioning them. It's disrespectful. You just don't do that. So I was definitely the outcast in my family. You guys understand where I'm coming from with that? When I dropped out of school, I actually had a full ride for softball. I had a, a full scholarship for softball. I also had played soccer for the women's team. In my last year, I felt God tell me, move to Boston. Everybody in my family disowned me. They thought I was nuts. I felt like an outcast. When I decided to start businesses, people thought I was nuts. You need to go get a job, get a solid job, get a backup. When I had my daughter, I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. I didn't want somebody else raising my kid. This was pre-pandemic. I didn't want somebody else raising her. I wanted to raise her. I was nuts. What are you doing? You need to put her in school. She's not going to be social. You see Aldea? Where's Aldea? <laughs> Proof. When I didn't want her to get immunizations anymore because the doctors couldn't tell me what was in the chemical. What was in it? What are you putting in her? And then the, I'm not, not saying anything if you're no, pro-immunization. I'm just saying I want to have the choice. I don't want to feel like an outcast because I have these beliefs. What are you doing? You're crazy. Don't do that. I grew up being an outcast. When I moved to Puerto Rico, I was too American. When I came back, I was too Puerto Rican. I've never fit in, ever. I've never fit in anywhere. You fit in here. Right before the chaos hit, the Lord moved me and he said, I want you to study history because everybody knows if you live in the Northeast, when this chaos started, Y'all were like, let's move to Florida, right? Immediately you wanted to move down south. You didn't want to deal with this. There's freedom down there. But the Lord hit me and said, you need to study history. 
you need to study the true U.S. history. I was seeing what my stepdaughters were coming home with from public school, and I said, wait a minute, there's something that's not right here. So I went on, and I started to learn the, fat, the historical facts that are absolutely fascinating. One of them was that God was the common thread that led to this nation's freedom. They didn't teach us that in school. The second thing that I learned, me being from Massachusetts, that Massachusetts was the OG of freedom, right? Was the OG of freedom. Massachusetts was the first to establish public school. Did you guys know this? This is probably one of the most fascinating things I've ever learned. They had an act called the Old Deluder Satan Act. And in that act, what they did was they said, any, any child that goes to public school, they have to learn to read the Bible because they didn't want to raise citizens that were illiterate, that were prone to have evil policies sneak into the government. They wanted to continue to keep this nation free. Isn't that fascinating? Yes, it is. I learned that revivals are what held this nation together, from revival to revival. I learned that minorities were actually helped in the, in the American Revolution. You don't, they, you don't hear that in school. I learned that the most of the historical textbooks have perverted the true history of Columbus, Thanksgiving, George Washington, and even the original intent of the Constitution. Yep. That this nation was birthed from and stood on religious liberty from, guess what? Outcasts. Those guys did not want to participate in the state of religion that they had back in their country in Britain. They wanted to worship God the way, the way they wanted to worship God. They wanted to have access to a Bible so they could read it and learn that God was no respecter of persons. That's what they wanted. They wanted freedom from that. They didn't want to get killed or murdered or, well, killed and murdered are the same thing. See, I'm not homeschooled. <laughs> they didn't want to get tortured, killed or cast out because of their beliefs the way that they wanted to worship God. That's why they came here, because they were outcasts. They wanted to stand on freedom and religious freedom to worship the way that they want to worship. Correct? Amen. Amen. The most fascinating thing I learned was socialism. A lot of people don't understand what that really means. A lot of people don't understand that United States is actually the last to fall to socialism. Marxism, everybody know pretty much, I feel like I'm preaching to the choir here, but Marxism from Karl Marx, at the heart of socialism is to remove God from society. That is at the heart of socialism. And I'm going to read something to you. It's very interesting. Bear with me. To the old Marxists, the enemy was capitalism. To the new Marxists, the enemy was the Western civilization, which is the United States. To the old Marxists, the path to power was violent revolution. For the new Marxists, it was the toppling of Christianity and Judeo-Christian values. To the old Marxists, the workers of the, old, the, of the world were oppressed by the ruling class. For the new Marxists, everyone in society was oppressed by existing religious, political, educational, and political systems. The new agenda of the new Marxists at the Frankfurt School, which is a school. Have you guys ever seen Salt? That movie Salt with Angelina Jolie, and then they infiltrate... She's, hello? Are we awake? <laughs> and you guys know what I'm talking about? When she's Russian, they infiltrate the United States. She's a mole, a Russian mole. They actually had a school like this, wasn't in Russia. It was called the Frankfurt School, where they taught people how, about socialism and how to topple the United States from within. Because you know what? You can't come here guns blazing to the United States because we're armed. 
because of the Second Amendment. So they had to do it through a quiet revolution. They had to come in here through the education system, seminaries, medicine, government. They had to come in here and quietly take out God from our system, from our society. The agenda of the new Marxists at the Frankfurt School, in the words of William Musenberg, was to organize the intellectuals and use them to make the Western civilization stink. To further the advance of their quiet cultural revolution, the school recommends the following tactics, which is what we see now. The creation of racial offenses. Mm -hmm. Check. Continual change to create confusion. Check. The teaching of sexual deviance to our children. Check. Check. The undermining of institutional authority. Check. The promotion of mass immigration to destroy national identity. The promotion of excessive drinking. Uh, some of you guys are like, oh. <laughs> the emptying of churches by the promotion of secular humanism, mm -hmm. an unreliable legal system with bias against victims of crime, the expansion of public welfare programs, mm -hmm. the cultivation of a left-wing media, mm -hmm. the undermining of the family as the basic unit of society. Yep. At this school, People that were taught at this school have infiltrated our government, and a lot of them are Democrats. I hate to say it. Listen, to me, Democrat and Republicans are two heads of the same snake. No offense. No offense. But a lot of the people that we see that have studied the works of these people are the Clintons, Obama, Ralph Nader, all of these people. Everybody that, that we've seen, they have studied the tactics of this school. They have mentors from this school. Now, why have we allowed these people into our government? Has anybody, because the old deluder Satan Act hasn't been taught. The very people that are in our government now, ruining the nation from within, are the people that these guys tried to avoid back then. They foresaw this from happening. And the reason why is because a lot of Christians have been mingling with the world. You can't even tell the difference between a Christian and somebody from the world anymore. They look exactly the same. The reason why these policies have been put have been put in place in our government is because Christians did not stand up. They turned a blind eye, every man for himself, to each their own. They did not read their Bibles. The Bible says that he will spew you, God will spew you out of his mouth if you are lukewarm. You are to be hot or cold. We are not to mingle with the world. We're to be righteous and holy and separated. This episode is brought to you by Freedom of Creativity. Freedom of Creativity is a directory for freedom-loving businesses and creatives to connect, share their talents, collaborate on projects, and change our culture through creative action. Join for free today at freedomofcreativity.com and list your company, yourself, whether you're an artist, musician, service provider, or even a blogger podcast. Freedomofcreativity.com. The culture is in your hands. Why did we do this? Why did we allow Sunday to be the only day that we build our spiritual walk? Why did we allow this to happen to our country? Why did we allow the school system, who purposefully removed God in the 60s out of the school system, to raise our children? Because we didn't read our Bibles. We, didn't, we weren't on guard. See, playing softball taught me something very important. When we played at a college level, you study your opponent. You study their tactics, how they hit, how they run, how they pitch. You study who's pitching. 
You study the, if, how, what the weather is going to be like. You study everything about your opponent. It's time for us to be on the offensive. This is a spiritual war, let me tell you. You have to be renewed by the transforming of your mind. It's a spiritual war. Do you guys know when we're ready for a game, you put your cleats on, you put your pants on, your sliding pads on, you put your batting gloves on. Well, there's a formula for that in the spiritual realm too. This is how you fight a spiritual war. You need to read and study your opponent, your Bibles, and prepare not to be deceived. We need to learn to pray and fast. You know, the people... When this nation was created, these states would, the governors would mandate their state for praying and fasting. Everybody in the state for other states. That's what they would do. That's how the Battle of Lexington, um, the Black Rope Regiment, was won. Because Connecticut, the entire state of Connecticut was praying and fasting for Massachusetts a month before. Mm. <laughs> we need to put the full armor of God. Therefore, put the full armor of God, Ephesians 6, uh, 10 through 18. I'm going to start at 13. Put the full armor of God so, they start, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, stand. Stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, the breastplate of righteousness in place, and your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows from the evil one. Take up the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, which is the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. The most important piece right here, what Christians have been doing this whole time, is putting on their shield of faith and walking defensively. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. I had a friend who told me once, I had a dream. God gave me a dream where the, the, uh, the devil was coming at me and he was shooting arrows at me and I started speaking scripture and four swords came out of my mouth and they started rotating. What you do in the physical matters. You have to understand how to use your weapon. I am mandating, since the government doesn't know the difference between a mandate and a law, I am mandating. The old deluder Satan act. Revival happens by one heart at a time. I'm probably preaching to the choir here, but there may be some of you today that have fear. Listen, fear, God didn't give you that spirit. You have blamed God for things that the devil is responsible for. Fear is a spirit. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Understand where the battle is coming from. You have to know your enemy. Your enemy knows what you do, they study you. He never takes a day off. When the enemy tried to kill me, when Satan tried to kill me by giving me suicidal thoughts, depression, and anxiety, I had to get in my word and learn where those thoughts were coming from. Because Christians are lukewarm. You don't know where those thoughts are coming from. You're constantly saying you have anxiety, that you have fear, you don't have any peace. That is a lie from the pit of hell. Understand that you have victory in Jesus when you study the word and you stand on his word and you say the word of God. You've got to understand what we're up against. There was a man who went, who had an organization who was extracting people who were in the sex slave industry. They kept extracting girls, and they had to keep doing it over time. A, a missionary went in there and preached to the, the guy, the gangster, that was doing that, and he changed his heart. This is how prayer works. You have to start from the top and pray that God changes the heart of all of the leaders, not just sets America free, but changes all of their hearts. Do you guys Amen. understand what I'm saying? Yes. yes. It is time for us to stop being lukewarm. 
There are people here who have any kind of sickness, cancer, maybe COVID took your family out. Maybe you have doubt. Maybe you're losing your jobs. That is an attack from the enemy. That is not God's will. John 10, 10 says, the devil comes here to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came for you to have life and life more abundantly, even in the middle of a pandemic. Especially in the middle of the pandemic where you have complete peace because of what Jesus did on the cross from you. If you do not know Jesus, if you have never accepted him in your heart, or maybe you've been dabbling with the world, you've been letting Satan just do whatever you, he wants with you, it's time for you to work on the offense. It's time for you to take up your sword and fight. Even if that means you're an outcast. If you don't know Jesus, even if there's one person in here, if you've backslidden, if you need to renew your faith, please, this is the time to do so. I don't want to wake up. I, I don't want to go to heaven one day and God asks, why didn't you tell the people? Why didn't you tell them? This is our time to spread the gospel. We have one hour left. God has given us a final hour to preach the gospel and to fight for our freedom here in America. If you have never accepted Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior, put your hand up. Put your hand up. And if you don't want to do that, it's okay. But understand, maybe you've backslidden. Maybe you need prayer. I'm going to pray over you guys anyway. Is that okay? Yes. All right, bow your head and close your eyes. <laughs> Dear Heavenly Father, we'll come before you today in the spirit of thanksgiving. I thank you for every head that is here. I thank you for the people that have already accepted you as their Lord and Savior. Continue to put a hedge of protection around them, Lord. Continue to instill with them a hunger to want to pursue you, to want to hear from you, to want to praise you and worship you and follow you every single day of their lives, Lord. I cast the devil out right now in the name of Jesus. Any kind of spiritual warfare right now, any kind of depression, anxiety, fear, I rebuke those spirits right now in the name of Jesus. God said where two or three are gathered, that you are in the midst, Lord, and we know that you are here. I ask any kind of cancer to come out right now in the name of Jesus. Any kind of heart issues to come out right now in the name of Jesus. Any kind of doubt right now, come out in the name of Jesus. Addictions, pornography, anything. Anything that is of the devil, we rebuke you in the name of Jesus. We have the authority over you, and you will stay under our feet. We put a hedge of protection around the leaders in this room, Lord, that you continue to work with them, that you continue to move them, that you continue to use your Holy Spirit for them to move the people that need to be moved, Lord. I thank you for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Listen, if you know anybody, I have free Bibles in the back. I'm giving them away. That's what I'm called to do, to give away free Bibles to those that don't know Jesus or those that maybe need another Bible. I've marked it where it needs to, where you need to start reading in Luke because it's not enough for me to give out Bibles to people because people don't read them. It's evident, right? You have to learn how to read the Bible. If you are new in your faith walk, just text Rookie Revival at 66866. And I will send you an email where you can learn Bible basics. It's called the New Basic New Bible Series, New Basic Believer Bible Series, where you will go there and you will learn how to read the Bible, or you can send it to somebody else who doesn't know, who needs the Lord, because that's what people need right now. They need hope, right? That's what they need. And if you didn't want to raise your hand, come see me in the back. I will pray with you back there. 
There's, that, there's no shame in that. We want to see you go to heaven at the end of the day. I have books down back there. I'm, I'm preaching the gospel, but I also have books to, trans, to help you transform your mind as well. With marriage, with pregnancy, and I'm writing a book right now on government, U.S. history, and politics. They're all for sale. They're all in the back. And if you feel led to donate, do that as well. Make sure you donate to Christian Revolution as well. Thank you, Brett, for having me. So much. Give it up for Thank you so much. Beautiful Thank you for listening and sharing the Rookie Marican podcast. If you would like to become a partner to hear more episodes like this, go to rookierevival.com. Thank you so much for the support.